Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Tuesday the 2nd of July. Coming up, gambling companies agree to fund more support for addicts. One of the issues which has come up time and again is the lack of public health support for those who have got uh, problem gambling issues. Parents protest planned merger of two primary schools. I don't drive and have a car, so I'll have to do that walk every day, four times a day. And rising football stars inspired by lionesses. With the men's doing so well last summer, and the women's doing so well this summer, going, going one further, it would be just invaluable the change that this could inspire. Kent Online News. First up today, five of the UK's biggest gambling companies have agreed to spend £100 million between them to help problem gamblers. The firms will increase their financial support to fund treatment for addicts over the next four years. They'll also review the tone and content of their advertising and marketing campaigns. It follows news last week the first gambling clinic for children is going to open in London. Medway Councillor Vince Maple, who's campaigned about it for years, says it's about time more stunt to tackle the issue. I want to see the gambling industry, not just actually the gambling industry, but those who sit alongside it, the games industry being another one, where they focus specifically on young people uh, taking their corporate responsibility more seriously. When we've been looking at FOBTIs uh, and other gambling products, uh, one of the issues which has come up time and again is the lack of public health support for those who have got uh, problem gambling issues. One of the things I say through the conversations I've been having for a number of years is that recognition that for perhaps drugs and alcohol and other substance abuses, there are a number, a plethora of support uh, mechanisms available where for problem gambling, which has been an increasing issue over the years, uh, the support simply hasn't been there. I mean, it's not a simple fix, particularly for, for young people. I think part of the challenge is that some of the technology being used is moving at a much quicker rate than the kind of safeguards can be put in place. So I think the gambling industry have got a lot of responsibility with this. I think the gaming industry, so video games, you know, particularly those are perhaps played on, a, on an app or on a tablet, you know, they've got to take their responsibility as well. I don't want to see, I'm not a, prohibit, a pr- prohibition person, I want to see people being able to enjoy gambling in a safe, responsible way. I want people to be able to enjoy video games in a safe and responsible way. If it's leading to people becoming problem gamblers, we've got to take a fundamental look at how we can ensure those risks are much greater reduced than they are today. Kent Online reports. Elsewhere today, a man's been stabbed and robbed of his phone in a Margate alleyway. It happens near the railway line close to Crescent Road early on Sunday morning. A 32-year-old was treated in a local hospital. A sex offender who disguised himself as an elderly woman to attack people in Chatham and Maidstone has been jailed for three years. Paul Reid was dressed in women's clothes when he targeted three victims between December 2017 and March this year. The 56-year-old from Gorse Avenue in Chatham pleaded guilty to three sexual assaults and eight breaches of a sexual harm prevention order. A man's been seriously injured in a crash involving a lorry and van on the A20 near Selling.
Grinch. The driver of the white van was flown to a London hospital following the collision at around half three this morning. A second man was also hurt. Police are keen to speak to witnesses or anyone with dash cam footage. Now, parents have staged a protest against plans to merge two schools in rural parts of Medway. Stoke Primary could close its doors with children being sent to All Hallows Primary instead. Parents have walked the route between the two schools to show the unsafe journey children as young as four may have to make if the plans go ahead. Councillor Mick Pendergast told us what it's been like. Today we walked up from Lower Stoke to All Hallows with a route in a mass group with marshals and the, the traffic still had to slow down and walk around us, which wouldn't be the way if it was individual people walking on their own. We've come up today a mile and a half and everybody's breathing heavy, that's without children or everything else. I mean the weather's good. Today as you can see people here are complaining about their children. It's not only people about children, it's the community, it's everything else and the general consensus of people on the way up there, support has been good all the way up the route. The route is an absolute nightmare to walk. Right? At the end of the day, the people here today have come and they've come to say what they say, save the school, do not move us to this school here. These schools. You listen to them now. Yeah, I mean, the support for the whole community is there. Well, both schools are part of the Lee Academies Trust, who've been running a consultation. They say moving to a single site will allow the school's leadership team to work more closely with pupils and staff. But mums Rebecca and Sarah aren't happy and say it would rip the heart out of Stoke Village. Uh, it's really upsetting. Yeah, it's really upsetting for the children. Yeah, my older son is really mad, he doesn't want to come to this school, he wants to stay at Stoke. It was really upsetting for them. I don't drive, I don't have a car, so I'll have to do that walk every day, four times a day. So bring them, go back and then come and pick them up and go back again. And the thing is, they expect us to do it with sunshine, rain whatever the weather is and if my kids get ill and I have to come and pick them up do I supposed to do that walk with a child that is sick it's not fair for some moms that's our adult conversation of the day and if there's no there's not school what we supposed to talk to because actually is a good thing because we get together and we actually someone is having a bad day, someone else will be there to give you a comfort or anything you need. So, yeah, it will be really bad. Kent Online News. Eleven police officers have been attacked while responding to calls across Kent over the weekend. We're told they were spat at, kicked, threatened with violence, punched and pushed as they try to help members of the public. Hundreds of people have signed a petition against flats being built near an Ashford shopping centre. Developers want to build 234 apartments in six blocks on land near the designer outlet, which is currently undergoing a massive expansion. Part of the scheme includes creating a wetland, but campaigners are worried the development is on a flood zone. More than 80,000 illegal cigarettes have been seized by police and trading standards officers in Chatham. They used sniffer dogs to search shops on Friday and also found 19 kilos of illegal hand-rolling tobacco. Kent Online Sport. Now with major international sporting tournaments underway, both in the UK and abroad, we 
we've been finding out how young people here in Kent are being inspired. First, we've been looking at the football where England are aiming to reach their first ever Women's World Cup final. The Lionesses face defending champions the United States in their last four tie in Lyon tonight. Katie Startup from Maidstone is the first team goalkeeper at Charlton and a former England under-19s youth player. She's been telling Ish what it's like to see the national side do so well in France. It's fantastic because it, it gives you it does give you a bit of a boost and and it it, it keeps you excited in the sport you know you, you see the national team doing so well it's it it's, it inspires you to kind of to, to keep pushing and, and train harder and and hopefully see yourself there too one day. There's been a lot of talk about this stigma towards the women's game and perhaps girls not being involved as such because there was this lack of opportunity. Is that how you felt growing up? Did you see that there seemed to be a lack of opportunities compared to say young boys growing up? Yeah, for sure. There was um there definitely wasn't as much as there is now. I think I think nowadays there is a there are a lot of opportunities. Um and and it, there's there's less of a stigma attached. There is still a stigma, but but there is less of a stigma attached. Um, but also, yeah, when I was growing up, I think probably about year five or year six, you know, when when you're in primary school, you get asked, oh, what do you want to be when you're older? Um, I I keenly said I was going to be a footballer, and it was just kind of you know it was laughed at. It wasn't really taken seriously because there was no, there was there was no. England national team in the spotlight. There was no um, English uh, club sides in the spotlight. I know at the time that um, that Arsenal ladies were obviously doing fantastic with you know winning trebles and European competitions, but it just wasn't seen or known about um, outside the women's football community. If you if you weren't already involved and invested in it it was not shown it was not advertised anywhere so there was really no no way to to keep up with it and and to see those role models and to to say there is a path here like I can make it as a professional footballer. And you mentioned earlier about the you know not as much of a spotlight being on the national side of course tonight they'll be competing in in the semi-finals against the USA how important do you think as a young player and for young girls growing up to see the national team doing so well and obviously they've got a massive opportunity to reach their first ever finals at the World Cup. Yeah, I, I was, it's critical. Um, I, I know there's, there's a group of girls that, um, that I coach and they're crazy for them. They've got, you know, posters of the national team. They're, you know, they're, they're listing off their names. Um, they're bringing their World Cup sticker books to training and they're swapping players and comparing players and oh I've got this one I've got this England player and um for me that's 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 amazing to see that I mean that was one of my proudest moments as a coach just seeing them getting so involved in the World Cup um obviously when because when I was growing up I you know I I didn't particularly know anyone in the national squad I wasn't really sure I couldn't find out anything it was so not well advertised and, and not well well shown um and now seeing that they're getting so involved and you know they've got role models and heroes in the in the squads and you know they're really being inspired by this uh, that just honestly makes me so happy to see it's, it's amazing the women's team are already proving to be a very inspirational group of players but if they do get all the way and hopefully they do hopefully they win this world cup do you think that could have a massive impact on the next generation of young girls and players? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, going back to, to 2015 with the Canada's 
the Canada World Cup, um, the increase in participation after that, after the third place, was was massive, and that that third place really started a, a bit of a tidal wave in in England with increase in participation and and an increase in coverage and and a change of attitude really in women's sport. So if we can go one further this year, and uh, hopefully we will, uh, like you say, obviously the the match against USA tonight will be will be critical. Um, but if we can go one further, especially with now with the the view of the ship that we've been having as well uh, throughout the, the the World Cup, um, if we can win this, I think it will just be just so huge in terms of uh, participation. And, and and attitudes towards it, you know, with the men's doing so well last summer and the women's doing so well this summer, going going one further, it would be just invaluable, the, the, the change that this could inspire. And it's not just the football that's been inspiring young people all over the county. Wimbledon is back this week. There's already been a massive shock after 15-year-old Corey Goff knocked out five-time singles champion Venus Williams in the opening round. It's hoped it'll encourage children and teenagers here in Kent to try and follow in her footsteps. Chris Green is a coach at the Kent Tennis Centre in Bromley, which always sees an influx in youngsters coming along to try it out at this time of year. There's definitely uh, free motivation to be had around Wimbledon time. I think it just has this this lift, you know, the weather's improving, people get into it, and I think there is a, there's free motivation to be had around this time of year. You can see kids starting here from as young as three or four years of age, you know, you've got kids who can barely walk who are trying to pick up a racket and play, and there's no reason at all why they can't be going all the way through up until when they decide to maybe go to um, American University or look to go on the tour. There's, there's different routes for them, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's everything here to allow them to, to sort of continue all the way through. So it's quite a nice, quite special when you think about it, you know. Senior coach Richard Checkley, who also teaches at the centre, says it can be a challenge to keep youngsters motivated and inspired once Wimbledon is over. I think traditionally that has been the case. I mean, we're very lucky at Bromley Tennis Centre. We're, we, I mean, we're busy all year round. We have uh, indoor courts, outdoor courts. During the winter, obviously, the outdoor courts have a bubble over them as well. So we're playing all year. Um, and as I said, we're, you know, we're, we're genuinely very lucky with the facilities that we have to be able to uh, just carry on all the way through. We've got over a thousand members uh, from two and a half, as you say, all the way up to a hundred and two and a half. The most important thing at the earlier ages when they're starting is, is making sure they enjoy themselves. Mm. If they're on court and they enjoy themselves, they want to come back. Mm. Um, we have a, um, we, we try very hard to be very open, very accessible. Uh, we have the tots starting, as you say, at two and a half, and we've got adult classes, intermediates and beginners, so on and so forth, and the levels in between. Uh, we do learning disability, Special Olympics classes, um, which is often funded or partly funded by, um, by the LTA as well, so, or the Tennis Foundation. So it, there's, you know, there's, there's lots of different people that are, uh, are having a go and yeah, it's, it's just great to see they leave the court, a little bit of a sweat and uh, big smiles on their face. And we've been finding out from the children themselves who they look up to the most. My favourite player is um, Andy Murray. Mine's uh, Raph and the doll because uh, I'm left-handed and he is as well. And I like the style of this play. That's it for now, but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.